0: Join the show by calling into 435 752 1069 or text 435 339 0321. It's the Full Court
2: Press. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franzen and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Thursday. Happy to have you along with us as we talk about a lot of different things going on in sports today. Uh, We're going to do our preview and predictions for Utah State hosting Air Force on uh, Saturday. Game kicks at 5 o'clock as part of homecoming. Really, That concludes a lot of the homecoming festivities for the weekend. And, uh, yeah, we would love to get your predictions as well. Not just what the score might be, but how we think the game might play out. Um, we'll talk about Utah State basketball. They hold a scrimmage on Friday, the blue-white scrimmage, 7 o'clock in the spectrum. Great opportunity to see this team and get down and get some autographs from these players after the scrimmage. Should be a lot of fun. So we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Utah State men's basketball team and some of the people we're going to be keeping an eye on in the scrimmage and just, you know, uh what who needs to play a larger role and this year f- to help Utah State have a successful season. And of course, a little bit later on, we'll get into our pick 6, the 6 things we think might happen this weekend. So, um there we'll, we'll start off with uh, speaking of Utah State basketball, news today that uh what was it 13 games of theirs will be on uh, national television as part of their upcoming season, and uh, nine of those will be on CBS Sports Network, and four games will be on FS1. So, n- not a bad schedule for Utah State on national TV. Yeah, there's a lot of Mountain
3: West uh, conference games and you know, interconference games that end up on usually CBS Sports Network. But they do get several that end up on FS1, which is, you know, the bigger one. uh, Because I believe more people are getting FS1 than they are getting CBS Sports Network.
2: Yes, more widely distributed.
3: So those are going to be some of the big ones. They play on FS1 like three games in a row. And I I think four out of five games. There's like a four out of five stretch where they play on FS1, three of those being in a row. Yeah. So get a lot of national television for a hot minute. So hopefully you play good in those games. And then, you know, if you're going to have a bad performance, maybe you do it on, like, CBS Sports Network when there's, like, 20 people on the East Coast <laughs> watching.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it starts out when the Aggies host Fresno State on New Year's Eve. Now, they haven't set the game time of this game yet. Uh, it's a Saturday night, December 31st. That'll be on CBS Sports Network with Fresno State in town. Uh, then the next game, they go to Air Force, on January 3rd, that'll be on CBS Sports Network. So there's kind of a run here where every game will be on a national network. Uh, so when they go to uh, Boise State, that's the first of those games that you talked about, Jason, about uh, their run on FS1. So Saturday, January 7th at 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon when they travel up to Boise. That's their first game on FS1. Yeah. Kind that's- of an interesting tip time.
3: It is early in the day, so that's the one people are going to be watching a lot because you get some of these are, you know, 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night at times, uh, especially if they're on FS1. As you mentioned, the boys say that's 4.30, then they play at 8.30, 9 p.m. The other FS1 game is at 8.30. So the get the one good time slot where there's going to be a lot of people potentially watching that game, whereas these other ones... There'll still be a lot of potential West Coast watchers, but people out East will probably start going to bed by then.
2: Yeah, they won't be tuning in. So, four thirty tip in Boise, very friendly for the East Coast uh, and uh, East Coast audiences, and that's, that's the first of three of games on FS1. So, the the following game on January tenth will be a Tuesday when they host Wyoming Cowboys. Cowboys could be a really good team this year. In basketball, a lot of returning talent kind of exceeded some expectations a year ago. Hunter Maldonado coming back for his extra year, uh, and then they uh, traveled to Nevada on Friday, January thirteenth, and well, that home game against Wyoming. It's an eight thirty tip in Logan. Then they traveled to Nevada on Friday, January thirteenth, a nine o'clock tip-off on FS1. And is that Mountain Time or local time? Uh, all times are mountain when okay. we're talking about these. So it'll be 8 o'clock tip there in Reno. Okay, so that's not as bad. If it was 9 p.m. local tip-off, even I might not watch that game. <laughs> and y'all are paying me to do that. That's right. <laughs> um, then, So that's on Wednesday, January 25th, so a little bit of a break. After that is the next one. On the 25th, it's a ni- another 9 o'clock tip-off. But this time, it's when they're in San Diego to take on the Aztecs. That'll be on CBS Sports Network. And uh, just doing some reading about the, the Aztecs. And that that has the makings of a Sweet 16 team. San Diego State has some great talent, size, and depth. They're going to be... They're going to be the class of the Mountain West this year.
3: Yeah, there's some potentially really good teams in the Mountain West this year, which is a shame considering Utah State may not be putting its best foot forward this year. Or maybe it's a good thing because you know you put together a good team and then you kind of get cannibalized by a great conference.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. The Aggies uh, return home on February 1st. That's a Wednesday, 8:30 p.m. Kind of a late tip for a home game on a on a weeknight. And they host New Mexico on FS1, and New Mexico—it's you know, a—it's a, a team that historically prides itself on good basketball, but the last little while they've certainly not met expectations. There's been a coaching change. Uh, they've got some high-profile names there with the coach and some players on the roster. But this will be an interesting year to see if it starts to come together for them or not.
3: Well, see, UNLV and New Mexico are two teams that have both historically been pretty dang good programs. UNLV having an absolutely great heyday, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But both lately haven't been nearly as good. They've not been bad, but they've not been near,
2: you know, the the, the teams they were in the past. No, that's a good point, but there's definitely... a uh a fan base, uh, and uh, even a media kind of expectation from these schools and what they should do and what what kind of performance they should put out there. But that will be one that will be interesting to watch for New Mexico. But, again, that's a late tip time, Wednesday, February 1st, 8.30 p.m. It will be on FS1. Uh, Aggies, uh, the next national broadcast will be when they go to Colorado State, on February 4th. Now, the time is not set for this one yet, but it will be on CBS Sports Network. Rams had a great run last year, but a lot of those key guys are going to be gone. So what's this team, coached by Michael Medvedev, going to look like this year with what they lost from last year's squad? Could be a really interesting matchup in Fort Collins on February 4th. Uh, And then... Utah State will host San Diego State on Wednesday, February 8th. Another late tip-off, 8 o'clock. And this will be on CBS Sports Network once again. So getting the Aztecs
3: in, Logan. We all need to buy new mattresses so we can get to bed quicker after these games.
2: (laughs) Get to sleep. Some late games. Uh, A couple more games on the national broadcast schedule for USU basketball. Wednesday, February 8th. Uh, or 8 p.m. I already mentioned that. That's going to be the one with San Diego State. That'll be Saturday, February 11th. No time set on this yet, but that's when they go to San Jose. That'll be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, the following Saturday, the 18th, when they host Nevada, it'll be on CBS Sports Network. No tip time on that one yet. Maybe a time to kind of sit and, and wait to gauge how either team is looking by that point of the season. Uh, And then uh, two more, Tuesday, February 21st, 7 o'clock tip-off at Wyoming on CBS Sports Network. And then the final one on the national broadcast will be when they make that trip to Las Vegas to take on UNLV, 9 o'clock tip on CBS Sports Network. So that's your kind of national broadcast schedule for Utah State when they're in conference play. Um, You can go check it out right now on cashvalleydaily.com. But uh, some notable games to to be aware of, and at least now we know days and times for some of these games, whereas before, it's kind of loosely scheduled in conference play, but they made it clear, like, game dates could change and could vary based on what our TV partners want, and now we're starting to get that.
3: Yeah, and you look at it overall, if I'm doing my counting right, 13 out of 18 conference games uh, on national TV is good it's it's the mountain west moving up you can actually watch these games instead of Ah, yes instead of whatever (laughs) sometimes they have to just stream these games on on like the you know the team website or the athletics website (laughs) just pray that it works (laughs) but with these you're getting you know national broadcasts you can get still largely you know west coast people are going to be the ones who are the target market here especially with these late tip-offs um but you know, it's a chance for Utah State to to show off at times on national TV. You know, if this turns out to be a good year, you know, you want as many eyeballs as possible on your team so that, you know, there there's so that you know when the people are making their bracketology,
2: right, selection committee is going to be what games can have they seen, which games yeah. have they watched um and how many teams will come out of the Mountain West? Will yeah. it be a three bid league? Will it be a four bid league? Yeah, right
3: now probably at least a two-bid league you know, two bid. Three is definitely in the cards, four is if there's a real surprise out of this conference. So we'll see. But obviously getting as many games on national TV is what you want for the conference as a whole. And then going forward Year after year, it is going to benefit Utah State when they get, you know. I think it helped them in, uh, I think it was 2020, or no, 2021, where I didn't think they had the resume to get into the NCAA tournament, but they ended up getting an at-large bid. Um, And I think, you know, being on TV a lot that year, probably not as much as this year, but they were able to get seen and people were able to see who they were. And it got them an at-large bid, despite I think they lost in, like, the semis that year. I don't think they're – no. Did they make the the championship game that year? I think that was uh, the year they lost to San Diego State in the title game, finally.
2: It's uh, too long ago for
3: me to remember this. <laughs> it, was, it was the last Craig Smith year.
2: Yeah. I think they still made the championship game.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I was thinking the only way they were getting in is is by winning that, and they ended up losing – But you know, getting eyes on your team and showing off, saying, "Hey, we're a good team," that makes all the difference. Again, I may have my skepticism of this year's team, (laughs) but (laughs) you want to be on national television, show off. You know, if they if they surprise people, then you don't want to be an under the radar surprise. You want to be on the television
2: surprise. Yeah, right. And and this is like a team, and we've talked a little bit about this before with the schedule that that will have opportunities to kind of find themselves and come into conference play potentially with a bit of a head of steam with some momentum coming into into conference I mean there's it, it, it's not a deep and really challenging non-conference schedule for Utah State yeah how things go in in Hawaii could could help that a little bit but but um, nonetheless, it's you know there's not a lot of really great um, net net ranking improving type teams on the schedule.
3: Yeah, then they come into the the conference schedule. And, you know they have a couple of games on, on CBS Sports Network, but then right there, three of your first five games are on FS1, huge you know national you know national television broadcast, and then one of them's a four thirty tip-off, you know, 6.30 in the, on the East Coast. And so that's going to be probably one of the first big looks that anybody gets at Utah State, you know, outside of obviously us who will be watching them the whole time. But that right there, that Boise State game, after the kind of soft non-conference schedule and, and if they're still doing well, if they're like a, you know, uh, however many non-conference games they have, if they've won most of those and only have two or three losses – that Boise State game could be a huge boost if they win it. and, yeah, and even true. And even if they stumble a little bit later, they'll kind of have that statement early on where all the eyeballs will be on early in the conference schedule right after that soft, you know, non-conference where you said they could have a head of steam, they could have momentum, they can be confident in themselves, playing their best basketball at that moment. And, you know, that's the picture everyone's going to have of Utah State. And then you'll... They may not watch some of later games and like, oh, they stumbled here, and maybe they stumbled there. But, you know, we saw them when we think they're good. And if Utah State finishes strong, you know, this, this national TV schedule helps them in several ways.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it really helps the conference overall. You know, more eyeballs, more opportunities uh, to perform on a bigger stage. And there are some notable programs that have some history. Uh, but have also slipped a little bit. So trying to get back to like Nevada. It's a school we haven't really talked much about, but uh, they've got a high-profile head coach. They've had some history. They're trying to get back there. We've I've heard of several different years about, oh, what a great recruiting class from Nevada, yet I haven't really seen them claw their way back up to the top of the Mountain West. Um, but you know, this year could be different. So uh, you got... Historic programs, Utah State, Nevada, New Mexico, UNLV, San Diego State, even Colorado State's had some moments. So it's a good basketball conference. How well will they take advantage of these opportunities to be on national television and uh, improve their net rankings overall? Yeah, I think
3: this, this is a, a, you know, of the G5 or non major, whatever we're supposed to call them in basketball. You know, the Mountain West is probably the best top to bottom, you know, non major conference. You know, the only reason I have to say top to bottom is because Gonzaga exists in the West Coast Conference. They've also got St. Mary's. But, yeah, you mentioned that the amount of historic programs, really solid programs in, in Utah State and in UNLV in New Mexico and all the rest. And there were times where this was like a four- or five-bid league almost. And you were getting teams, you know, New Mexico getting like a three seed. And even back in the BYU-Utah days, you know, they were getting high seeds. So... You know, there's history and great basketball to be played in this conference. And it is nice that people are actually going to finally see, although it's unfortunate that a few of the historic programs are drooping a little bit. You know, it's New Mexico, UNLV, Utah State kind of started drooping last year. We'll see how they fare this year. Then you mentioned Nevada. They're not doing so hot after the end of the Musselman era. So we'll see. San Diego State goes still going strong, though. They're obviously carrying the
2: torch. Yes, still, still getting high-level high transfers, great recruits. Coach Dutcher is doing a good job out there. So when the Utah State men's basketball team shows up to their scrimmage on Friday, are there particular players that you're going to be keeping your eye on more than others? That's a question I want to throw out to you. As uh, we approach the start of the Utah State men's basketball season, now, the first game isn't until November 7th, so it's a full month away. But the, um, the scrimmage that you see on on Friday is the only time you're going to see that basketball team until November 7th. There are no exhibition games. There are no other opportunities to see what this team's all about. So Friday's really your your big and only chance to see what this team is like until they host Utah Valley on November 7th. So when they show up in this spectrum on Friday night, who are you going to be paying attention to the most? What, what are you most curious about for this Utah State men's basketball team heading into the 2022-23 basketball season? Love to get your thoughts on that. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in on that. Uh, we'll also get your predictions, how you think things might play out for Utah State football on Saturday night as they take on Air Force at five o'clock on Merlin Olsen Field. Uh, and uh, love to get your your you know your what you're thinking there and some of the things that you're observing and, and want to see on Saturday. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off,
4: bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and
0: safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer.
1: For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com.
3: visit alpinehomemedical.com.
1: Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. It's tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan favorite Munster Burger, casual or professional. Open Monday through Thursday, 1130 to 8 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today advanced heating and ac the two-time gold medal winner in best the utah they're teaming up with carrier heating and cooling carrier provides you the best furnace units available and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold financing options are available turn to the experts at advanced heating and carrier advanced heating and air conditioning 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of di and online at advancedheating-ac.com we're not
4: comfortable until you are advanced heating and air Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week five showdown in the AFC from Cleveland as the 2-2 Browns host the 2-2 Los Angeles Chargers. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldiger and me for all the action as Justin Herbert leads the Chargers looking for a tough road win against Nick Chubb and the Browns. It's the L.A. Chargers and the Cleveland Browns. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the full court press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
2: Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Love to have you chime in as well. Feel free to text in on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Or call in, 435-752-1069. So Utah State basketball hosting a scrimmage, their blue-white scrimmage, coming up Friday, 7 o'clock in the spectrum. Your only time to uh, see this team until... November 7th when they host Utah Valley. So what are you looking for the most when you go watch Utah State and this uh, basketball team this year? A couple texts come through. 6543, why no BYU on the preseason schedule? Because they're cowards. They're scaredy cats. Why no Utah on the preseason schedule?
3: Yeah. See, why we, don't we
2: get that question more than anything? <laughs> yeah, we we've, we've talked about it,
3: and we had a nice conversation. Basically, where and one of the points I made was that you know with football, I can understand Utah and BYU not scheduling Utah State. Um, scheduling's a lot harder. There's a lot less space on the schedule for Utah State, and there's very little benefit, and a lot you know more risk, you know, especially with the way the the playoff system is now. There's huge incentive to schedule either tough opponents or cake opponents. And Utah State is neither one of those. So, you know, there's not much incentive to, to schedule Utah State. And not much space, as I said. With basketball, no excuse. Period. There is no excuse for Utah and BYU to not be playing Utah State other than their own danged pride of... We won't play at Utah State. You have to come to us every single year.
2: Well, I mean heck, we want it to be two for one. Yeah. Or well, not want to play go- in a neutral site. Yeah,
3: Utah State goes to, to Weber State every now and again, don't they? Yeah. I don't, and I don't think that's a two for one situation, is it? No, I think they just trade back and forth. Yeah, so it's like, just do it. It's not that big of a deal. And BYU's dominating the Utah State series anyway. W- what are they afraid
2: of? It's but just, it's not a bad. There, there is such a thing as a bad win. Like if you beat a team and it doesn't really help you in your net ranking. But that hasn't been the case. Utah State has had solid net rankings yeah. for the last several years. And here's the thing in your so non conference schedule. Win or schedule, lose, it's a solid game for you to play. Yeah.
3: And, and on your non conference schedule, you can get away with losses. Bad losses or good or bad wins early in the schedule. People forget about those. You know, at worst, you know, at the end of the year, and they're showing these graphics, you know, saying, oh, here's Utah State, or, you know, if, if BYU guys in this case. BYU's worst losses. Okay. They'll list it, but nobody will remember because it, it will have happened in, you know, November or October. And it won't be that big of a deal, even if you lose, and it would probably be on the road. It's like, okay, you lost to a road team, and Utah State might be in the 60s in the net at like worst maybe, because they're usually not much worse than that. You know, 60 to to, to 90 is about the range you're going to see on the low end for Utah State. So it's like there's no real risk to scheduling Utah State. Right, for Utah or BYU. Yeah. It's their own stubborn, stupid pride. And that's that's it. They cannot conjure any excuse under the sun that makes sense other than their stupid brains <laughs> and their brain-dead fans who try and defend it. Right. They're on their high horse
2: and looking down their noses. And they'll say, oh, we,
3: we would love to schedule Utah State. No, you dang well don't. And everyone knows why.
2: Well, they would love to schedule Utah State with conditions. Yeah. And credit to Utah State and the administration uh, here in Logan. They're like, no, we will play you. But you come to our house and we'll go to your house. Yeah. And I get it, every third year maybe we'll do the Beehive Classic or, you know, something in Salt Lake. Okay. As long as everybody else is under that same held under that same conditions, okay. I can live with that. But once that went away, which is really unfortunate by the way, um, then it's like, okay, we'll we'll play you. But uh, one at your place and one at ours. We're not going to go two for one. We're not going to disrupt this and just play at the at Vivint. Um, you know we need a we need a balanced schedule. We deserve that. We're playing a solid conference and we're a solid basketball team.
3: Yeah, I said it's just stubborn pride. And they'll try and deny it. And they do deny it. And their fans and I say, "Oh, it's not just our pride. Say, oh, we're just better." And we deserve.
2: Well, the Utah State basketball team has been far better than the Utah basketball team for the last, what, five or six years? Yeah, for Utah, it's Utah's Utah's program is just a joke at this point.
3: Not even Craig Smith is saving that program right now. He's struggling there, too. This year is basically his kind of do or die to figure out if it's actually going to work. He's got a good chance of making it work. He's getting some good players there, but if it doesn't work there, he'll be the same as everyone else some limited success nobody goes to the games and maybe he'll, he'll flame out and he'll go somewhere else and he'll he'll probably do well most everywhere he goes He might struggle at power five schools because that's how it is just a different game with power five but it, it's hard to be successful there
2: yeah. or major conferences i always get
3: mixed up between basketball and football
2: Uh, five, six, six, two texting in most curious about the Aggie big men have a couple of transfers come in hope they can make an impact. USU desperately needs a strong presence in the paint. See, this is, and the problem is this is where I feel like the Aggies are the weakest is their bigs.
3: There's nobody I'm really confident in to be a true, good, solid, consistent center.
2: Well, so your, your centers right now, Trevin Dorius, who will probably be your starter. Shimon Z- Zapala, or Zapala, however you yeah. want to pronounce it. Zappala. Um, he's probably your backup. And then, uh, and I can't remember his first name, but Johnson, who Isaac. transferred. Isaac. Johnson. From Oregon. Those are your, really, those are your big, your big guys. So I guess, to some degree, Funk could play the five if they uh, decide to go that route.
3: Uh, if they're gonna go more of a small ball five, it's gonna be Dan Akin or Akin. I, I need to figure out how his name is pronounced because in my mind it's Dan Akin. But you know, we spend a whole summer calling Raleigh, Raleigh Wooster, Raleigh Worster. <laughs> so, but you know, we got to learn these pronunciations. So Akin, he's kind of that in that mold of a small ball center. Um, and honestly, he could start at center if they don't trust Dorius or Zapala.
2: But here's the thing, everybody's talking about needing a strong presence in the paint. We saw that was something that was lacking last year. Coach Odom and his staff had a year to recruit, find a transfer, fill a hole. And that they're building this team how they want it run and how they want it built. So what we may see as a quote unquote strong presence in the paint isn't as much of a of uh, priority for how Ryan Odom and his staff run their system. You need to be able to control the paint and grab a rebound and and protect the rim. But it's not as much a priority as can you have a big guy stretch the floor and hit a three-point shot. That is a much higher priority to how they want to run their offense and, frankly, how they do what they can on defense, considering what they're asking of their players offensively.
3: Yeah, I'd say I'd agree that you don't necessarily need, you know, the seven-footer who's going to be a paint protector and a rebound, the way we've had uh, Nemeas the last, you know, you know, had him for three years. I mean, the Stu Moral teams never had that that kind of center, at least I don't remember there being too many of them. They were usually smaller teams that, you know, Defended and rebounded in other ways, and a lot of college teams are able to function like that. There's several different ways you can build a college basketball team, and there's a lot more you can get away with in college than you can in the NBA. Where in the NBA, yeah, you've got to have somebody in there who can paint, protect, and rebound to some degree. You need to have that in college. You know, things can be a little trickier. And as I said, plenty of teams have succeeded. Maybe you have like a six, eight, six, nine guys. You're more full-time center. You might face some disadvantages when you face really good centers, but there's other ways you can make up for that. Um, My problem is, I don't know if Utah State's good enough in other areas to make up for not having a good paint presence. We'll see. Um, But I am worried to a degree, like, will this team be able to Stop teams at the rim. Because that's one of the advantages to having the center is, you know, with Craig Smith, they were like one of the best teams at two point percent like field goal defense. Stopping teams when they got inside the arc. They were one of the best teams at that for like a three, four year stretch. A lot of that had to do with Nemius. But even when he wasn't in, when there was that stretch where they were starting like Justin Bean and Alfonso Anderson, they were still pretty good at it. And so the question is, can Utah State do that? You know, the the shot at the rim is still the best shot in basketball. We can talk about how the three-point revolution is taking over. Every coach on planet Earth will take a layup over a three-point shot every day of the week, twice yes. on Sundays, and seven times on Thursdays. <laughs> Everyone wants a layup, and so you got to be able to stop that. The best and easiest way is to have a really good center you know, on defense, Namesh or having a ton of really good perimeter defenders. Utah State doesn't have either of those. So that's a bit of a worry. That's a long, rambling
2: answer. (laughs) But, well, yeah, so I I get it. That's, uh, I I echo the concern, uh, or at least maybe I'll say curiosity, from, uh, from the text that came through about, keeping an eye on, on the big men. Yeah. And, and look, I'm, I'm still curious to see what the the development looks like from Darius and Zapala. Um, we saw a little bit of Johnson in the NIT game, but we don't know really how he fits into this system and if he's going to be featured much or how, you know, who plays those roles or if it's going to be Akin who plays down low and fills that spot. Yeah. So h- how that does get used at the five spot, will there be a – true traditional center uh, or is it going to be kind of a five out offense more of a small ball everybody can shoot beyond the uh, beyond the arc yeah my thing is
3: i just want to see production out of the center position if anything And i'm not confident the guys we have can be productive because you know you can say there's production you know if if he's you know being the the rim protector okay that's production in one way if he's a five out center you know that's another way he's producing even if he's weaker and stronger in some areas just want something out of it. That's why I feel like Akin could be, you know, even though he's a six foot eight, six foot nine guy, could he end up being the center? Because of all the guys on the roster, he might be the only guy right now who could actually produce at center. And that's a big reason why I'm worried is that none of our seven footers, you know, six eleven slash seven footers, seem like they can really produce when they're in a starting role. And you don't want to be playing four on five, because that's that's just horrible. <laughs> you don't want to be doing that every game. No. It, it's why, you know, when Ketta went out, you know, Craig Smith went with Bean and Alfonso Anderson because I had Dorius, who was okay at times, and Kuba Karowski, but they couldn't produce. They were playing four on five with those guys. So they surrendered some disadvantages by playing small ball, but they
2: were getting production in other ways. Uh, 3486 texting in. I had a family member refuse to believe that Pope wouldn't schedule the Aggies, saying that Pope said promises to play any in-state teams home and home. I had to pull out the article in order for him to shut up and shut it. Yeah. A lot of empty promises. Yeah. That's what they do. Uh, five, six, six, two, uh, who was curious about the big men, but then followed it up. I'm all for the small ball lineup, but who's going to stop Ike? Uh, Twice a season. Darius? Um, oh, EK. Not Ike. EK. Oh.
3: <laughs> it's like, who's Ike? I know, I'm
2: looking at that. I'm like, who's Ike? But now EK makes more sense.
3: Yeah. And and that is an issue. If you can't see, you know, there's really good post players that pop up in college basketball. And you got to be able to stop them and right now I'm worried about Utah State and their ability to stop opposing centers. It was that way last season they couldn't stop anybody.
2: Fresno has some big guys. Wyoming has a really good big guy. Uh, San Diego State has good post play. So that that's absolutely going to be an important piece that this Utah State team has to figure out that last year's team struggled with. So I get it. I, I'm with you. It's an important concern to have of this uh, of this team this year and do we need that position to be a uh, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks a night? While well, that would be awesome. Yeah. I don't think that's the way this team is built. It's not that that player is not a featured part of the team, but they need to at least hold their own. I think that's really what we're asking for. Have that center hold their own, pull down some rebounds, make people second guess when they try to attack the rim and everybody else can do their part and they're probably gonna be okay that's why I'm worried because I've not nobody
3: in that front court at center I've not seen any of them do that at a,
2: at the collegiate level yet so we'll see on Friday what kind of improvements that they've made to their game and trying to improve you know what they can do to help their team. Uh, move forward when they have the blue-white scrimmage Friday at 7. All right, a quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your thoughts, your questions uh, about Utah State men's basketball. What what players are you going to be watching or keeping an eye on on Friday night? Or what things are you looking forward to this upcoming season? And a little bit later on, we'll get into our predictions for and uh, and previews for the Utah State Air Force football game, which will be Friday, or excuse me, Saturday night, kicking off at 5 o'clock on Merlin Olsen Field. Uh, that's coming up in about three and a half minutes from now. A Valvoline Instant Oil Change. You've heard us talking about them. They've got several different products that are really good for your vehicle. They're quick. They're clean. It's easy to get in and out of. And they're open seven days a week. And so go check them out at 695 North Main in Logan to get your oil changed, keep your your vehicle running properly, and they'll get it done quickly and get it done right. Trained Professionals who know what they're doing, 695 North Main in Logan.
4: Fall is in the air, and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well-maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan, across from Angie's, can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying, and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, opens seven days a week i'm here with mark anderson from anderson seed and garden mark can you tell us a little about
1: your experience with chem dry of northern utah you know our carpets get really dirty at anderson seed and garden and we clean every january our timing is is kind of difficult i called daryl and he was amazing to work around our schedule they came in and cleaned our carpets they looked like brand new when they were all done and uh, they've just been amazing to work with
0: 7526100 Cold
1: weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the Best of know The Utah's Fireplace category help you update your home with Heat and Glow's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Heat and Glow have something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com.
4: I'm Nate Kreckman. This week in the Mountain West, San Jose State won the league back in 20. Now, they might just have a better team here in 2022. We'll talk to Spartans head coach Brent Brennan about their 3-1 start. Plus, Air Force keeps on rolling. Is this finally the year Troy Calhoun can win the conference championship? It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during
0: this tender time. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
2: Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on The Full Court Press. Love to hear from you. 435-339-0321, 435-339-0321, or feel free to call in, 435-752-1069, to uh, call into the studio. Taking your texts and your comments about Utah State men's basketball, holding a scrimmage tomorrow night, 7 o'clock in the Spectrum. After the scrimmage is over, you get a chance to go down on the court, get autographs from the players. Uh, always a cool opportunity to mingle with the team. But what are you looking for for the upcoming season? Like, what are there particular players or position you're going to be keeping your eye on more than others on uh, on Friday night? We already talked about the center position. Uh, th- this is a team that does have some some height, has some size. Dorius is seven one. Aiken is six nine. Funk he's six nine. His availability is a little bit in question. He hurt his foot. Um, Isaac Johnson, transfer, he's seven feet tall. Uh, Shimon, he's uh, 6'11". So you know, it's, it's, a, it's a team that has some size. They can throw multiple big guys at you, but just how effective are they and how much of an impact will they have on the game?
3: Yeah, that'll certainly be a question you look at the guys you just mentioned they're all center, So you wonder like how many they can play at the same time. But it is possible I think for them to field a lineup where they have you know one of those centers uh you know say Dorius throw Akin out there at power forward. He can very much play power forward. May not be a stretch guy, but um you know you can kind of get away with having uh, two non-shooting bigs in the college level. And then you have Taylor Funk, who could—he's more fit to play the four, maybe in the modern game. Uh, more traditionally, he'd probably be a, a a small forward, but you know you can play small forward in, in college just fine. So you could end up throwing out there a seven-footer and two six-foot-nine guys and have a pretty long lineup on in that sense.
2: Yeah, it helps if I turn on my mic. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to do that. That's that's true. I mean, it could give them some really interesting versatility. Uh, let's
5: go out to the phones. Craig
2: has a comment. What's on your mind, Craig?
5: Yeah, I was just calling about the basketball team. Um, the first two guys you mentioned um, haven't shown the ability to do anything. The kid from Russia and Trevor Dorius have shown absolutely nothing. If, if combined together, if they averaged five points a game this year, that would be, that'd be a step up. Um, now, I think that a Johnson kid that has the potential based upon his rating coming out of high school and who recruited him, that maybe he can do something, but he is an awful man. Um, and then when I look at the other team, who are you scared of offensively for that? The boss kid, i tell you, I would – but he's a true freshman. How many – True freshmen have an impact. Yes, he's a return missionary, so he's a little bit bigger and older. But I and the funk kid I've heard is a good player, but he's got an injured foot, and it sounds like he'll be back in time. But, so who are you scared of?
2: Yeah, and that's a fair question. I don't know that there's a player, when I look at the Utah State roster and think, if I'm an opponent... I have to make sure I game plan for that guy. Because, I mean, Utah State's had those with Sam and and with Nimi. And I think to some degree, Justin Bean. But when I look at this roster, I think there's guys to be aware of. But I don't know that there's anybody I want to be, as you put it, scared of or or game plan specifically around. Uh, uh, Max... You know, does he take the next step? Does Sean Barstow? Does he develop that way? Does Stephen Ashworth light up from the three-point line? I mean, those those are all possibilities, but I don't know that they're like that they're causing waves throughout the Mountain West Conference. Like, okay, we got to gear up for these guys.
5: And 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 that's my point. I don't, and I hope I'm wrong. And I and I. I mean, wise, Odom looks like he's the right guy. From his dad and from the people he's been around. He he has lots of knowledge. Um, I question about recruiting. Um, and I being able to bring in being able to beat people. We lost several recruits so we did not beat people for. It. Um the, uh, peer schools. And again, I i hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong. But I don't see anybody on the team that you can tell me and write down that you know you're going to get double digits scoring from them every night. And the only guy I'd maybe say you would would be Funk based upon what he did at St. Joe's. And short sure of him, I don't know, I, I'm not comfortable saying that I bet my house on it that anybody else could give you double digits every game.
2: Uh, that's fair. I think it's a fair concern. Uh, thanks for the call, Craig. appreciate the calling in. Um, but you know I Ashworth, I think he hasn't potentially hit double digits most games. Um, it, it, if Bearstow can be consistent from outside, I think he's working on attacking the rim. I think he can do that pretty effectively with his size and and generally the position that he plays. But if he can hit some shots from the outside, he'll flirt with double digits a game.
3: So I'll tell you what, Craig echoed a lot of the thoughts I have about this team. Um, as I, I kind of already said, like, I've not seen any production out of any of Utah State centers at the collegiate level. None of them have done it. Dorius's best role is to be a backup center. Um, Akin may be a, a bench energy guy. Zapol has not lived up to his, you know, uh, recruiting ranking. Johnson so far hasn't lived up to his. And and I have worries about Johnson despite everyone saying he's a four-star recruit and he's a guy who can stretch the floor. Well, I haven't seen it yet, and I don't want to use that as a knock against him. It's just that I can't say anything about him if I don't know anything about him. Right. It's not a criticism.
2: It's just a fact. Yeah. Just, we just don't know.
3: And that's why, like, honestly, the, the, the two guys I'm looking at for this scrimmage are Mason Lev and Isaac Johnson. The two guys who I have no idea what they're going to look like at the college level because I have next to no information. I tried to watch almost every single minute of Isaac Johnson footage, and, you know, he has, like, 50 minutes of collegiate basketball. Most of that's, you know, garbage time. Garbage time. So it's like I didn't learn anything from it. I couldn't. Now I've seen Mason Falsliff play a lot, but that was high school. I saw a lot of his games covering them for you know the Herald Journal back in the day. Back in the day being like three years ago, <laughs>
2: but been a minute.
3: Yeah, um, and he was wonderful in high school. Made improvements every single year, and by his senior year, he was dang near unstoppable. Teams were throwing defenders at him, and he was still making plays happen. He was getting triple doubles and. And, you know, hitting tough shots and, you know, hitting shots from anywhere on the court. The kind of guy you you dream of having at the collegiate level. Okay, but can you do that at the collegiate level? Utah State women's basketball team signed a girl who scored like 70 points in a game once. And had like four other 50 and 60 point games. But her game never translated to the college level. Um, Ken Masons. I suspect it can, but I mean, Craig also pointed out my, one of my concerns with false slip. He's a true freshman. What can he do as a true freshman? And and then as far as being scared of nobody on offense, he was spot on there too. Again, again, echoing my, all my thoughts basically about this team.
2: Well, we need to uh, keep getting those. We've got a several texts that are coming through. Love to continue to get your, your thoughts or your concerns about the upcoming basketball season. A quick timeout though here on the Full Court Press first. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new Leadership MBA at
4: Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We
2: invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your
1: adventure. Attention business owners, did COVID negatively impact your business? shutdowns, supply chain issues, or other government mandates that changed your operation? Even if your business made money during the pandemic, you might qualify for the employee retention credit. Let us help your company receive a payroll tax refund authorized by the Federal Government CARES Act. Tax and payroll specialists will help maximize your refund amount with no out-of-pocket costs. Timing is critical. Call today, 435-213-3200, or go to ercgonow.com,
0: ercgonow.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, Napa Auto Parts features
2: HeatStorm Tradesman infrared heaters to instantly warm up you and your surrounding objects. Portable units and wall mounts available, great for shops or garages. It's all in stock now at your five locally owned Preston of Providence Napa Auto Parts. Uh, Several more texts rolling through, and uh, we may have to push some of these into the next hour. Uh, but 6543 asking, when is the Mountain West media days for basketball and where is it this year? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, it's usually been in Las Vegas or it's been done virtually. I can't tell you what the plans are for this year just yet. It's probably going to be in Vegas. I would imagine it would be coming up soon. Teams are getting together and practicing and start of the season is a month away. So I'd imagine it would be coming up here very soon. And once we find out, we'll pass it along. We'll let you know because, you know, we'll, we'll be on top of it to bring you what they have to say. Uh, 9758 asks, can anyone shoot the three? Seems like that was an issue last year.
3: Yeah, it was. And, and looking at this year's team, I mean, Jones is iffy on the three. Ashworth is good. Shulga, oh, I can't remember what he shot last year. I think it was average. Average. Um, Rock.
2: Mm, he, he was weird because he was be like hot a, and cold.
3: He was like a forty percent three point shooter, a good, solid, above average, dang near you know, elite percentage and volume three point shooting. It was awful last year at times. Maybe average, slightly below average. It was just weird. So I, I was counting on him as being good, but then he wasn't. Um, Berstow not a threat funk elite level shooter potentially best in the conference high volume high shooting percentage uh i don't have time to go over the rest of the others so we can maybe bump that to the next hour
2: good question solid question we'll continue to examine that and more coming up next hour here on the full court press
3: when i look I'm Dan
4: Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Colts have had a rich history under center: Johnny Unitas, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, generational talent. But since Luck's surprise retirement ahead of the 2019 season, the Colts have struggled to find a new quarterback. The team has made multiple efforts to find a serviceable quarterback. The team traded for Carson Wentz last season. That didn't work out. The team has since transitioned to former MVP Matt Ryan, and just like Wentz, the quarterback hasn't lived up to the hype. The struggling Colts will look to create some momentum tonight against the broncos but with jonathan taylor out with an ankle injury ryan may be forced to shoulder most of the offensive load now one game won't define a team for the remainder of the regular season but if ryan and the colts struggle again tonight in denver maybe time to ditch the veteran quarterback approach maybe start to look for a long-term answer under center i'm dan patrick and this is above the noise